I V M. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tech Careers in the New, the new podcast series presented by Accenture. I'm your host, Shiladitya Mukhopadhyay. In this podcast series, we'll get you the latest and greatest in the world of technology that's shaping the future of business as we know it. We're talking intelligent platforms, cloud, AI, blockchain, extended reality, and a whole lot more. Every fortnight on Wednesdays, we'll have for you a hot topic with expert speakers from Accenture talking about top trends in the space, how these are changing the world and creating growth across industries. And more importantly, we'll tell you how you can learn more, build your skills and expertise to grow and stay relevant in your career. So today we're here to discuss about extended reality and what it really means. It's actually the blending of the physical and the digital world in a lot of senses uh, different from what we already know about assisted reality or virtual reality. So this is a very interesting topic and I think uh, it's going to show us uh, that there's a lot of interesting opportunities in this space which are uh, just coming about as a new technology platform. So let's find out. Let's welcome our guest speakers today. Sridhar Rajagopalan, the Managing Director of Digital and Interactive Platform at Accenture Technology. And Marin Grace, the Managing Director, Accenture Digital Delivery at Accenture Technology. Before I ask you, of course, uh, what your area of expertise is and uh, you know how this all comes together, I've heard of terms like VR and AR and we all have over the years, for many years, for many decades now. How does all of that build into what we are calling extended reality today? And how? what is this topic that we are here to talk about, which you are involved with day in and day out? Sridhar, if you could introduce yourself and, you know, this subject. Thanks, uh, Shiladitya. Uh, so, yeah, I think this is certainly one of those exciting topics that... Um, uh, you would always want to dream to be in. I have been in Accenture for the last seven years. I lead the interactive business groups in advanced technology centers in India. I also lead the extended reality strategy growth initiative for APAC market. Seven years back, uh, when I was looking at customers in this space, they were looking at establishing their brand presence on different channels. Uh, but today, just just to the fast forward, and you see that um, our clients are more focused on creating experiences that help them differentiate in the marketplace and also disrupt the marketplace. Uh, so through interactive group that I'm leading, uh, we bring the design, innovation, technology, and the different operating model in place to help them achieve that journey. People are familiar with uh, two terms. They look at uh, augmented reality and virtual reality. To us, uh, extended reality is essentially blending the digital world with the physical world. And what I mean by that is uh, look at three spectrums. One is what we call as assisted reality, uh, where you've got um, something like smart glasses, which helps you look into uh, the physical reality and helps you assist in that reality. Mm -hmm. The second one is augmented reality, where you've got um, something like a mobile device, which is providing a digital experience on top of a physical world. And then you've got the virtual reality, which is completely taking you to a different world and uh, not only imagine art of possible, but also look at how do you make business sense out of that. So this entire spectrum of uh, assisted reality, augmented reality, virtual reality put together is what we call as extended reality. Wow. And that's an amazing new space that we are all entering. 
uh, in which, of course, there's so much to learn and talk about. Absolutely. Marin, why don't you introduce yourself and how you have gotten here to this role that you play here today? So, Sridhar spoke about creating the best experiences in the planet. And uh, creating the best experiences requires two distinct parts. One is about imagining those experiences and designing those experiences for your clients. And second is to bringing those experiences to life through multiple technologies, including extended reality. I lead both of these in India. So this whole space now is sort of blended into what we are calling extended reality. And of course, it's a serious subject. It's a topic where there's so many applications in the real world already, which we see today. But coming to, uh, you know, it started with, I would say, a space where this was a recreational sort of endeavor, right? Initially, all the themes around virtual reality and augmented reality were always recreational and sort of uh, for people to disconnect with uh, the real world and sort of blend into this whole digital experience. What uh, kind of things have you actually seen that have come around, uh, Marin? If you could give us a little background on the kind of applications which have actually helped humanity or the, you know, uh, human progress in this domain. So I'll start off with my journey or my interest, how it evolved in this place. It was five years ago that uh, I got a chance to meet and listen to Jeremy Balenson. He is a professor in the Stanford University and the founder of the Virtual Human Interaction Lab. And he spent his last two decades doing his research in the field of virtual reality. So he spoke about his experiments uh, on how VR is actually influencing human lives and how it is helping little kids in pain management. So as we are speaking today, we have this hematology clinic in the U.S., where kids are using virtual reality as a medium to enable them to get administered on treatments like hemophilia. So right from day one, when they detect the disease for lifelong, the only treatment is administer the medication through needles. Yeah. And needles can be devastating for kids. And how virtual reality help is engrossing them in a virtual world, entertain them, while the medicines take place. So it is about giving that experience for little kids for a better care treatment. And second thing that I could think about, which is very close to my heart, is about theater experiences. There are currently 11 million people in the UK who have a problem with hearing, which is around one in six. And by 2035, this is going to be one in five. So imagine the population who is deprived of theater experience because of hard of hearing. What we have done is we've collaborated with this theater. The difference we made is through our program with them, we use open access smart capture technology through an Epson glass. You can see the captions using the speech tracking algorithm, the right captions of the thing that is happening in the theater, sitting anywhere at any audience seat. Wow. This is like you are improving the life. You're creating an experience for a population that is deprived of it. So all of these things which you're mentioning, right? Uh, of course, these are such important applications which are really changing the way we go about our daily lives, whether it's in the medical field, whether it's recreational, like you said, in the theater. And what you're talking about is real-time subtitles, right? Mm -hmm. Or uh, mm -hmm. it's the ability to sort of just uh, 
have a translation of everything you're hearing. And of course, there are so many brands all over the world trying to do this now. It's something which has come about over a lot of evolution of this space. And while I've seen that most of the applications we hear about, right, uh, have always been, like I was saying, have always been more recreational and we've had virtual reality games and whatnot. On the professional front, from an enterprise point of view also, since as a solution provider, as an le- innovation leading company, you must be working with a lot of enterprise customers who actually use this to improve productivity, to improve uh, efficiency. And we've had such technologies, uh, you, you know, being developed. So what what some examples, Sridhar, if you could give us on how this has been really implemented to improve people's productivity? Absolutely. I think... Um... Once you start looking at the enterprise segment, there are many great examples. I can think of three great examples. Uh, the first one is for a leading aircraft manufacturer. And one of the things that you see with them is that uh, there are thousands of moving parts when you're building an aircraft. Speed and accuracy of building the aircraft and at the same time ensuring the workers' productivity and safety are extremely important elements. So in this particular case, imagine an empty shell of an aircraft and you have to assemble the seats in the right form and way. Even few millimeters of difference uh, would make you take off the entire row and reassemble them in the right form and way. What we did is Accenture collaborated with this particular client. Uh, We introduced um, smart class technology where we were able to provide them what we call as industry-grade smart classes And these were wearable assisted reality uh, applications which help them mark the floor contextually. So if you are an operator who's building the aircraft and assembling the seats, you would contextually know exactly which place you need to assemble the seat. Now, the good thing about that is the error rates, for example, in this particular case came down to zero. Okay. And at the same time, we had almost 500% improvement in the productivity of assembling the seats in these kind of aircrafts. Now, imagine if this is getting launched for the entire series of that aircraft, you gain tremendously from a productivity perspective. Uh, the second example that I see is um, what you see on your day-to-day life, where you uh, walk into, um, you know, you get into a car service center, And we are working with a leading uh, car service center in India uh, for a manufacturer, leading manufacturer. When you get into these service centers, the service center person needs three things. One, he needs to know the history of the car, the past history of the car. He needs to know what exactly the problems you're facing currently. So he would put the probes and uh, he would diagnose those problems. And third, he needs to have the knowledge to fix those problems. Now, imagine a new world in which you have what you call as head-mounted devices. Uh, And through a head-mounted device, the service engineer is able to get all the three things at once right in front of him in in what we call as the eye view, Mm. right? So he would get the history of the car. Uh, He would know exactly which car part is faulty. And then he would get step-by-step instructions to fix that while both his hands are actually doing the work. Now, we are really looking at that as a mechanism by which the quality of the service can improve tremendously. At the same time, the efficiency in terms of the number of cars he can fix, that goes up tremendously. So that's a second good example that I saw. The third one that um, I would want to talk about, and I think we are 
looking at the world of changing spectrums, in India, we are talking about moving from 4G to 5G. And I remember an example where uh, we had a leading telecom equipment manufacturer who was uh, trying to move from 3G to 4G. Once you're doing that movement, the field operator is uh, on the ground. Imagine that he's got the smart glasses. He's connected to the remote network operating center through a video and gets step-by-step instructions in terms of how do you really install those towers? How do you get those networks fixed in the right form and way? And some of these steps are humongous steps. In this particular case, there were 400 steps that needed to be fixed. And he got assistant uh, for every single step. And the productivity improved by almost 20% in this case. So these are some of the just, uh, you know, some of the examples that you would see today. Uh, But there are many more examples that we are working on. So diverse, right? They're involving, in some cases, smart glasses, which is literally a thing you wear and then you are added in on screen. And in Marin's example, you have a completely immersive experience where they're taken away from where they are today so that they are distracted from the harshness of the reality therein. Over the years, where has it been that uh, the most amount of efforts have been put in terms of building the base for this technology? I know networks have to upgrade for you to do real-time video and obviously you have to have the technology to sort of build these instruments, whether it's headgear for VR or whether it's smart glasses for AR. Where have the challenges been over this time in which... uh, you know, this technology has come up. I would answer that in two parts. One is, of course, not everything is rosy. There are some downsides. I'll talk about the downsides and where the research is focused now to minimize those. One is about distraction. We're so immersed in the virtual world sometimes, we are likely to walk into walls, step into traffic, Mm. whatnot. Second is about the overuse and simulator sickness which all of us who have experienced virtual reality would have gone through. Mm. And the third is about addiction. Just like how we are addicted to smartphone, you can imagine the level of addiction that could go to the next level with virtual reality. And the last is about, I would say, behavior modeling. This is again related to the learning aspects. Mm -hmm. So these are things which we need to be cognizant about, which we need to watch out for when you are designing applications for in the extended reality space. And of course, there are some must-do challenges that needs to be solved to make it ready for mass adoption. And I would say they are, the first one is, of course, VR needs to be cheaper. Even now, as we speak, I feel it is a little too high of price for many. Yeah, just the hardware itself. Yes, yes. And second is VR, to have the right experience, extended reality, to have the right experience, need to have killer content. And where do that content come from? Third, it has to be mobile. When you're experiencing extended reality, you do not have to have lots of cords and wires running around you. It has to be mobile. And the fourth one, I would say, we need to have 5G speeds a reality. The speed is a constraint. We need to make it a reality. Data speeds, yeah. Yes. And the last one I could think of is, you need to watch out for cybersecurity in VR. Of course. We need to make sure that we are not opening our business and our applications to the wilderness. So cybersecurity is surely something which we need to watch watch for. 
And this is something Sridhar often talks about. We need to have industry-certified head-mounted devices as well in the future because when these applications are used for certain industries like life sciences, we need yeah. to think about those certifications as well in place. Don't you think though, uh, the fact that all of this usually, uh, especially applications of extended reality so far, all the examples we've seen or the ones which are talked about outside of the professional ones which you just mentioned and the enterprise ones, they've always been more in the space of, let's say, gaming or in the space of entertainment. In fact, we've seen the likes of, uh, you know, Pokemon Go was all the rage. Now it's Fortnite. Uh, and there are so many of these realms where it's still cutting edge technology. Uh, the implementation of this, the fact that you can merge into a game from your phone or from, you know, while at home on your console is amazing. And you connect with people all over the world and you experience it. What other things are you seeing on the ground which uh, are really helping drive this technology as, an, as a platform, as an adoption of the platform further while also being entertaining? Because that's what drive, that's what helps people... Uh, sort of warm up to it, don't you think? You're absolutely right. Um, the earliest adopters and even the current adopters are primarily in the gaming and entertainment industry. I clearly see that that industry is going to remain and that will always remain ahead of other industries in the way we are. Uh, we are looking at uh, the new experiences. Talking about um, gaming, uh, something interesting comes to my mind. Most of the games today are in virtual reality they completely cut you off from the real experience. And people enjoy that. The new age experience is trying to blend the physical experience with the virtual experience. And let me take an example of something magical that we saw last year. So during IPL 2018, we created a very different experience. I know that this is a cricket-loving country. IPL 2018, biggest cricketing spectacle in the world. Right. Imagine a match that is getting played between Mumbai Indians and RCB. Uh, personally, I'm an RCB fan, <laughs> right? This is um, over number six. Bumrah has just bowled that over and Virat Kohli has just finished playing that over. And I, being a fan of RCB, has an opportunity to wear the VR glasses, enter an experience center, entertainment zone with a bat in hand, and have an opportunity to play exactly the same over that Kohli played, same set of six balls, same trajectory, same speed, and having an ability to score the runs and compare my runs against Kohli. Wow. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? That is insane. Right? Yeah. So that's an experience that we are trying to create. And um, I was talking about this to some of my colleagues who love Kohli a lot but have never lifted cricketing bat. And when we launched this, some of these people went to these entertainment zone and they started playing this cricket and came back quite happy. Yeah. Did yeah. they score more than Kohli? <laughs> some of them did. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. So, so that's where, right? Obviously, when you make it so appealing and make it so entertaining, people warm up to the you know, the realities of this technology. And of course, while the challenges are being overcome, right? Today, we are seeing uh, smaller headgear. We are seeing smart glasses, which almost blend into nothing. They look like regular glasses. You don't know what the other person is seeing on their in their retinas. And of course, you know, these real world experiences add to that. What 
actually has been sort of uh, the background for the emergence of this. Like where are people actually finding uh, applications or a, a career in this space, which actually helps this whole space come up even more? And what are the opportunities you think going forward? Marin talked about um, consumer segment. I talked about enterprise segment. And then we also looked at the different types of experiences that this space can create. Uh, certainly, I look at extended reality as a wonderful method that integrates both art and science together in the 3D world. And I look at opportunities in three different spaces. Now, if you are, for example, someone who's coming from a creative world, a couple of opportunities, you would continue to be a strong user experience designer. But when you're a designer, you need to start thinking, visualizing about the 3D effects and not just the 2D world. So designing in that world, looking at the 3D modeling, looking at the animations and creating applications which are far more interactive, influencing and better looking. Videographers have a new way to enter this profession. Their photographic ability with 360 degree take of content which they see around and superimpose that and get that into a virtual world is something to watch out for. Mm. Okay? And that's for creative guys. Now, if you're a hardcore technologist, Marin, you talked about a lot more of uh, hardware devices and softwares uh, which are coming in. So if you're a hardware engineer, obviously, the seamless hardware integration with the different popular technologies is something that you must know. And, and, and there is enough and more uh, scope for that. And if you are coming from the software background, multiple opportunities. Uh, one is uh, from an augmented reality world looking at platform SDKs, whether it's Apple AR Kit, Google AR Core, or device-specific work that you need to do. Getting into platforms like um, Unity, Upskill, oh. Amazon, Sumerians, I think these are areas where technologies can really create a mark for themselves. But just knowing technology is not enough. One of the things that we really realized in this space is people need to come with strong analytical and mathematical background to create the right level of algorithms to mix the modeling abilities with the mathematical abilities, algorithmic abilities that, that you see. So that's for creative and the technologies. But finally, you also need business catalysts. And the reason I say business catalysts is these are the ones who would be expected to create new opportunities in their respective industries. Essentially, imagine the art of possible and see how do you really bring them to life. Right. So yeah, enough and more opportunities for, I would say, all the types of people. Yeah, uh, it's actually very, very broad spectrum of talents that you need yes. to actually bring all this to life. And, you know, just my notes from you on, you know, we'll see more and more applications of you know extended reality coming. What are the ones you're looking forward to or uh, you're seeing on the cutting edge? tomorrow, which people might be interested in working on? I would say anything. See, it is about, first, you should be passionate about the topic. If you feel that you want to make a career in the space, there's enough and more in all the three segments of creativity, technologies, and the business acumen that you need to bring for the specific industry that your clients are focusing on. So passion combined with any of these streams is where I would see us putting beds on or people wanting to invest in their career. And the kind nature of application, more for me, it is about touching our human lives, right. 
making it easy for our clients in doing work, connected worker solutions where it is easier to get things implemented with aids and your hands are free to do what you want. Yeah. And the assisted reality kind of a work. And third, about training and knowledge retention. It's much higher in the virtual, using a virtual and a simulated and extended environment than a classroom training sessions. Yeah, that's true. Wow. Thanks. Thanks so much for your inputs, uh, guys. This is really informative. And I think uh, we're going to have a lot of people interested in the extended reality topic uh, because of what we heard here today. Thank you so much, Sridhar and Marin. It was so fascinating to know about extended reality. I think it's a whole new technological paradigm that we are sort of entering into, especially with so much more hardware and software being blended into our everyday lives. As more and more users start to use all of these platforms, all of these new technologies and experience what we are calling extended reality overall, I think there'll be a lot of specialists who want to make a career in this space. And of course, so many consumers will be able to use this technology. So really looking forward to that. Thank you so much for the conversation today. To all of you who are listening in, if you're excited about what we discussed here today and if you're interested in exploring careers with Accenture, check out the open positions at careers.accenture.com. Next episode, we're talking Salesforce. But until then, I'm your host, Shiladitya, on Tech Careers in the New, the podcast series presented by Accenture. Advertising is dead. Yep, you heard me right. Advertising is dead. We're all in the content business now. Let's not call it news, TV, radio, etc, etc. It's all content and we're in the middle of this weirdly exciting phase where all the borders and lines that have been drawn over decades has been swept away by this lovely thing called the internet. We're a show where we don't dwell on just the stuff that is now, but rather the wider stuff about advertising, media, content and the whole goddamn circus surrounding it. Tune in every Tuesday for our weekly unboxing of the mystery box we used to call advertising. I'm Varun Dugirala, co-founder and content chief at The Glitch, and this is my new podcast, Advertising is Dead. Janice, what do you think couples did before TV was invented? I don't know, go for walks on the beach, long drives, fancy dinners, have more sex maybe? But what did we do when we decided to move in together? We debated between the Chromecast and the Fire Stick. We gave up on sleeping early so we could stay up watching true crime shows. We got ourselves three cat babies. And basically became the cutest couch potatoes around. Okay then. <laughs> In case you guys still haven't got it, we are a TV crazy, Netflix loving, binge watching Mr. and Mrs. I'm Ani Ritkuha. I'm Jana Sequera. And if like us, you snort TV for breakfast, lunch and dinner, this is the podcast for you. Tune in every Thursday on the IVM podcast app or wherever it is that you get your podcast from. This is Mr. and Mrs. Binge Watch. Binge Watch.